while we sit there talking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eight, like dog, I could not. So even like so related, I saw that Elon Musk, like the evaluation of Twitter is like 15 million. Okay. 15? 15, one five. That's million? the evaluation. Billion. Oh, I was about to say, I thought you said million. I was like, wait, I'll buy Twitter soon. <laughs> <laughs> and he bought it for like 45. Like 45 billion? So it's it's dropped by by significantly since he bought it. Like I see why these guys turn around. Because I couldn't so much of your I, I mean, I'm assuming so much of your self-worth is tied into you having this money, this and all the stature and and acclaim that comes with that. And when you lose that kind of money, like your self-worth. It's probably tied to that number. Probably. So when when you sit there and you're like, yeah, we're eight billion in debt. <laughs> like, I don't know how like I, again. Where do you start? <laughs> like I remember days where it was just like, how am I gonna make this car payment at night? Right. Never mind, I have a whole company. How are we gonna make payroll? How are we gonna pay people? How are we gonna pay our creditors? How I can't, I can't, like, I, I, hey, hey, crazy, bro, crazy. Anyway, <laughs> good morning. More money, more problems. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't desire to be rich. I would love to have enough money to where anything that I wanted was not like, I, it's not a concern, right? Like if mm-hmm. I want something and not like out of, Oh, I want this Gucci belt. No, I don't want no Gucci belt buckles. But like, if I want to take a trip here, if I want to, if I have a need that with the house that needs to be done, if I have, you know, maybe family members, some family friends, maybe they need a little couple of extra bucks or something to hold them over where I can just do that for people. But no, I don't want, I mean, it'd be nice to have a hundred million dollars, but I don't necessarily want to be that rich because the problems that come with it are just. Yep. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Nope, 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 nope. But anyway, <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this and you tune into the only sports podcast of Brains and Bars, it is it's a black and white thing with A1, A Ward here live with you guys. Please remember you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, wherever you find the good podcast, selecting those. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also do the same thing as we are live right now on YouTube by searching Brains and Bars on YouTube. You can also search Brains and Bars on for, on the podcast app of your choice and you can find us there as well um but you can you can check us out here live on youtube man we're also live on facebook right now on my personal profile we're gonna have to do a test because allegedly with Streamyard, when i send you the link you should be able to stream platforms of your choice as well no oh, cool they say, they say it's there i don't know if you have to be on a computer when you do it or if you can do it from your phone no clue mm-hmm. but allegedly you're supposed to be able to do that but we are alive <laughs> Um, on Facebook, on my personal page, and on the Facebook fan page for It's a Black and White Thing. You can also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Brands and Bars. Um, following us there and watching out for media. Um, hopefully, I, I want to get back into the clip and sharing game. I've been like super duper busy. So like last week's episode, I didn't get the opportunity to share any clips, any content. 
But please, you know, if you guys want to do the dirty work for me, and if you, you hear something that you like, see something that you, that you like, clip it down and share it to your social media. Please do. me from having to do any of that good work. Anyway, so we got an interesting show lined up for you today. Like, I, I kind of know what we're talking about. <laughs> I have an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, we got a couple of things on the docket, man. We're going to start out in the world of battle rap. First of all, before we do that, how have you been, sir? Man, I'm good. I'm good. It was one of them ones, you know, a couple times a year, maybe one or two times a year. I do three battles in three weeks. And so this was the first of the year for me. Um, so um been busy. Uh, so obviously Salt Lake City, then the next week, Los Angeles, and then this past weekend, Dallas. Then I go to Atlanta on Thursday for Poets in the Autumn stuff, come back Friday, get a rare weekend home, and then head to Vegas next weekend for three days uh, with friends and family. So that should be um, hopefully a little relaxing. Um, hopefully I don't come back $8 billion in debt. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I've been doing all right, man. Not too bad. Not too bad. All three battles were a success. All three battles were clear wins. Um, the fun, entertaining, you know, all three battles are, should be dropping on YouTube in the next couple of months. So that's always good to have new content to come out for people that are waiting. So yeah, that's good. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, actually, let me try some here. While we're while we're talking, mm-hmm. hopefully I don't kill the whole stream. Let me see. Nope, it's not working. All right. Anyway, so let's let's get into before we get into the other battle rap news of the day. Let's start with your your trip to Dallas. Shout out to Street M's. Um, started his own league, three O Battle League. Had an event where he invited all of uh, the horsemen down. Um, minus Oops. Shout out to Oops. Yep. Um, but invite all the horsemen down and a couple of other Christian battlers to take on some of the some of the Dallas area area's finest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how was that event? How did that go? That was really really good. Especially, I think this is I think this is like maybe his first event or his second event. I think he might have had an event one time before. Um, you know, we had some uh, some some local Dallas talent. We had uh, the horsemen, K Jack and Jack Cobbins. And they had a surprise battle uh, with the Noah versus DC. DC being like one of the first guys that the Street Hymns ever battled. Um, so like kind of went street one of Street Hymns viral battles of him kind of popping off on Rapzilla was against DC. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was really good. Everybody showed out. Um, you know, every um, for the most part, it's pretty widely considered a, a seventy. Really, I mean, out of the seven battles, like all the Christians won, um, even Noah. Who, who identifies as a Christian? Um, uh, Noah's the guy I battled in Minnesota with the line, you know, standing in front of an animal and seeing double. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it was a really good event. Um, it was, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, this is my friend's event. It's definitely going to start on time. You know, that, that whole battle rap thing, it doesn't matter if it's your best friend. It don't matter if it's your event. It don't matter if, you know, it just, it, they just don't start on time. It just doesn't happen, you know, and, 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 and VODs are shaky and you know all, all of the above like all of the like you always think no not my event you know, we don't run like things like that this way I, last three weeks every event that i've done in the last three weeks every league owner has been like no we're doing this we're doing this we only have the venue for this long we have to be out by this time and then 1 a.m rolls around and, <laughs> and you're battling so um so you know street hymns event event space was really dope very interesting thing about um Street Hymns battle event was I would argue that seventy percent of the 
a little over a hundred people that were there. So I'd argue probably probably 70 of the people, it might've been their first time at a battle rap event. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, so street hymns has a huge following from his church and just from his podcast and different things like that. There's so many people there that were, um, that were new to battle rap, didn't know what was going on, which created a very different type of crowd, you know? Um, so you, as you would expect, if it's the church guys against the non-church guys, we would definitely get like a little bit more leeway with some reaction and some things that we're saying um, because, and, and I, I don't know if like the, the, our opponents like really factored that in because there was a couple guys that just got up there and just bashed Christianity and God for three rounds. And like, of course, like seven, like a, a bunch of church people in there are just like, Oh no, they're not even being quiet. They're like <laughs> you hear it in the camera. That's sad. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. So the, it was a different type of crowd, but it was also an opportunity to get people, you know, to like, to want to come back. And a lot of people were like, oh, that was so much fun, you know? And I, I, I posted a clip of Matt Cobbins and I, I took it from this girl's Instagram and she was like, this cypher that they're doing is so great. You know, like she called it a, <laughs> she called it a cypher, but that's just kind of like the idea of like, you know, how it was. But, um, but yeah, no, good, good, good. Over, about over a hundred people in there. You know what I mean? For, for a local event is really good. Um, and uh, and no no chokes no stumbles on on our on our side of it. Everybody come around come away with pretty much clean victories. Um, and some of the Dallas guys are really good. You know, um, going into it, Street Hems opponent was probably the best. Street Hems and then Sagas uh, with Chuko being like he's he's a really good battle rapper. And and Hero um, who just got a look on on RBE is a is a pretty good battle rapper too. Um, and then my opponent was switched at the last minute. Well, last minute, a little over a week. Um, and he just dropped on RBE on an intake battle as well. So there was some guys that have some, like, you know, some, some, um, you know, they've done crucibles, they've done, you know, some, some one SKs, some different things like that. Um, so they had, you know, some, some, some talent, but, um, man, once you go to these events, um, if you've ever been to like a, and I don't think you have, yeah, yeah, you have, maybe you have. Have you ever been to an event where you see like professional battle rappers battling like up and coming talent or local talent? Like if it, like, or have you just pretty much been to like the RBE events and then like the connects, you know, where it's like, yeah, yeah. I've never been in that space. Actually, I would like to do that uh, someday. I know um, maybe like the gates of the garden event or something gates of the garden, or like OSBL shout out to Kells. Like Kells has um, kind of like her events. I'm, I think it might be rookies versus vets series where like, she'll have like some of the up and coming talent from that yeah. area, take on some of the more established names. So yeah, like a Gates Gates event. I like to take that, take that in someday. Yeah. You just, you just really notice the gap. I mean, you just notice the gap in like in, in what it is to be like a professional battle rapper and to be somebody that's kind of like still figuring it out, you know? And it's, it's huge. It's, it's huge. You know, on cam, sometimes you're not able to see it, but in the building, whether it's performance, projection, professional, all that kind of stuff, like it's huge, you know? Um, and so that's kind of how it was over the last three weeks. Salt Lake City and L.A. and then in Dallas, it was just like kind of going down there and putting on a training course saying, hey, this is what this is what this looks like, you know, and, and yeah. seeing if anybody is up to the task, you know. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, I'll say this, you know, um, Shout out to the homie Trent. He was, um, you know, he was engaging in, I don't know if we call this bootlegging, <laughs> but he got us some footage of yours and Cobbin's performance. And um, I can't, you know, I hit street up. And I'm like, 
hey, league owner, I would like this footage ASAPery, please, as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but like Cobbins is dope. I don't know because Cobbins, I mean, I, I feel like is a is an introvert and a bit of a recluse. I feel like that's selling him short, even in using those adjectives to describe him. So I don't know exactly if he took battle rapping seriously and went at it full time, how far he could, what tier he would make it to, because he's not necessarily out, you know, like, hey, I'm Cobbins and I'm dope and I'll smoke you. Right. But it makes me so mad that he's that good for somebody who might. I don't think he's made double digit number of battles. Right. Like he's only had like. Yeah, probably seven or eight. Yeah. 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 Uh, He's he's. No, nah, it makes you mad. It's it's classic Cobbins, though. I mean, we know Cobbins, uh, you know, and I, I laugh because it's like, yo, that's just how he is. He's just a super talented human being. And then when it comes to all of that kind of stuff, you know, you just don't know. Like even even this battle event, you know, we've known about it forever. And, you know, Friday is when he started writing. And so, <laughs> you know, and it's just like. I thought it was so hilarious. We get to like Shell Shack Friday night, and it's like me, Cobbins, Street, K Jack, Saga. So like five of the five of the guys on the card. And you know, while we're waiting on our food and stuff, we're just going around the table. Like, go ahead, see if you can get through your first round. You know, okay, first and wrap, first and wrap, first and wrap. Cobbins' phone was in the in, in the car charging, so he's like, "Yo, you got something?" He's like, "Man, my phone's in the car." You know, mind you, I hadn't heard nothing. I, I we drove eight hours down, and I didn't hear. I mean, I heard some. You know, like. What do you think about this punchline, you know? But not any, like, rounds or nothing. So he gets his phone back out. We go over the streets. We're up to, like, 4.30 in the morning, just just going over lines, going over lines. And he's still just kind of in his phone. It's nothing. Next day, Street wakes up Saturday. He's like, yo, did comments ever rap anything to y'all? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and I'm like, yo, I heard, I heard, like, 16 bars. You know, he had some stuff or whatever, you know? So, him like, okay, all right, you know? This is Saturday morning, you know, in the the battle Sunday night. And then pretty much all day Saturday, like, he's kind of like me. He could write in his head pretty quickly. You know, he doesn't have to write it down. He just has to put it in order. Um, and, and, you know, get, we get to Sunday. Sunday on the way to the venue, he's, like, tightening up his third. And then, sure enough, you know, he's just so talented that he's able to, like, write to get, write, write really good stuff and memorize it. And when you write really good stuff, like, it's going to hit. And then you're going to have the ability to continue to memorize better. You know, like if people are, are terrible, then it's different. You can't write last minute because you're not you're not going to have time with crowd reaction and stuff. And so he did a really, really good job. But, yeah, it's like what what if, you know, what if he was able to just one year, just just give just give it a year. You know what I'm saying? Battle on yeah. a couple of colleagues. I'm pretty sure, you know, the I, I feel like this battle, his performance is going to be pretty well received. Just give it a year and let's yep. just see how far it goes. I mean, if you make it to like a, a intake on RBE, if you get a crucible audition, you know, yep. if King of the Dot ever comes back, shot the organic. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I know he said he, he, they are, they plan to, but I'm just saying, just, I just want to see you grace one of those platforms before. Yeah, he's got the pen and talent, you know. I mean, you're around guys like Sagalo, so everybody's just like, you're like, you're, you're right. And they're like, yo, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like when guys like that are saying like, yo, that's crazy. You know, like what? You know, like. <clears throat> but we love you, Coppins. I know this is what what we saw was amazing. I cannot wait to see what it looks like when it's, you know, um, edited and on YouTube. I can't wait to support. Yeah. So great job from you, sir. Great job from you. I can't wait for people to see yours for a specific reason. It's been talked about a little bit. You'll you once it drops, you'll be able to see in depth 
more of what happened in his battle. Um, but yeah, dope event, man. So let's keep it moving. Let's jump to um, some battle rap news. Um, so Remy Ma, there's no place like Chrome. Shout out to Remy Ma. She announced the grudge card going down June 17th. Um, I'm presume presume this is going to happen in Cakes NYC. It's only four battles on the card, at least to this point. Um, all female event. Um, and so this is headlined by 40 bars and Yoshi G. Let's just kind of go through this card and kind of get quick reactions. Um, so we'll start at the bottom. I, I'm going to be honest. I know nothing about this first these first two um, artists. I'm going to have to go check out some of their footage on YouTube. Shay Rack versus Tony Blanco. Apparently... This is being called the battle for Dot's heart or something like something to that effect. I, <laughs> uh, I need to go watch the face off. The face off did drop Chrome 23. I believe dropped the face off. Um, and one of the battle rap groups, somebody goes, apparently this is this grudge is over Dot. And I'm like, hey, hey that's information over trash, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you know anything about them? Like, no disrespect. I know their names. I know their names, but I couldn't tell you, like, oh, I remember this person's battle. Like, I've, I've seen their names on flyers, um, and I, but I don't. I, I'm not super familiar, you know. Um, if, if they walked up and said, hey, boy, da, 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 I'd probably be like, hey, what's your name? Oh, yeah, I've heard of you, you know. Like, I mean, but I've heard their names enough times to know yeah. that, like, they're deserving of being on a Chrome 23 card, if that makes sense. It's not just like, who? Like, you guys just picked somebody out of – like these are names that I've heard and seen across my, you know, my desktop, you know, on YouTube and different things like that. It's like, okay, they put in enough work in the game, you know, to have that opportunity. So here's what I will say, at least I'll, on my end, I would do. I'll make sure to go check out some Shayrak and Tony Blanco battles, so that by the time we get to June, the mm-hmm. weekend, of June seventeenth, I'll be able to more intelligently speak about what they do well, what they don't do well, so on and so forth. So next yeah. up, Tori Doe who I have heard of, and Shayna Ashley, who I also have heard of. Um, this will be interesting because I know Tori Doe's not – Shayna Ashley's been outside a little bit more than Tori Doe over the last year or so. Um, man, if I had to give an, a, an opinion on a winner, I'd probably go with uh, Shayna Ashley. Um, just because, again, I feel like she's been outside a little bit more than Tori Doe. But you have any thoughts before? We're going to be more well-versed on these next two. Yeah. No, um, I've, I've actually – Tori Doe's got one of the better pins for me in, in female battle rap. I've, I really enjoyed, like, um, watching her. I know um, she did a couple of URL battles. Maybe they were, like, um, maybe the Kings and Queens, right? I think she might have did a Kings and Queens. Uh, Tori Doe battled chess. Um, yeah. That battle did not go well for her. Chess, one of, yeah. one of his performances. So, I believe that was a, a clean 30 from my, yeah. from my recollection, so. Yeah, yeah, but I definitely just remember uh, watching Tori Do Battle and thinking like, oh, you know, she she kind of reminds me. I don't think she reminds me of Yoshi, but she has like somewhat of a a, a pin that like I pay attention to, you know. Um, and so so yeah, I probably would take Tori Do. I probably would take Tori Do in that battle. Okay, all right, let's jump to, uh, to this next one. So this one again, a couple of more, couple of more well established artists over the last couple of years in female battle rap. We got Caution versus First Lady Flame. This is the battle when I saw it announced that I was most interested in. Um, Caution, obviously, one of the Lady Bricks uh, from the 757, represents 757. 
versus First Lady Flames. Now, I do not. This is called the grudge card. So apparently there is some backstory in history between these two flames also from uh, Virginia, from Richmond, Virginia. Um, so, I mean, there is I'm pr pretty sure there's some backstory there. Um, to me, First Lady Flames is one of my favorite artists in female, not just in female battle rap, but in battle rap, period. I think she's very good. Um, if I had to make a prediction and take a winner, I'm going to go Flames, man. I just think Caution is dope. Uh, <laughs> Caution is dope. And I mean, obviously, she's had she's had a really good solid run in RBE thus far, making it to the finals of the Chrome 23 tournament. <clears throat> um, like Flames is going to show that while caution is progressing, I think Flames has been outside enough that there's going to be a little bit of a separation between the two in material and performance. Yeah, I really couldn't have said it better myself. I don't know that this is um this is the uh this is the battle. Man, I, she's a competitor. Caution is a very very um if you what is it oh thank you appreciate you Los. um. Caution is a competitor, so I appreciate that about her, you know, but she's coming off of a battle that kind of made her look – she's coming off a couple battles where she kind of got slapped around a little bit. It was like, hey, you know, welcome to the big leagues, you know, um, with the QB Black Diamond battle in the blue room and then with the C3 battle for the $25,000. Um, and now you're battling First Lady Flames, who to me, like, that's her type of setting, that, like, that cakes, that small room that, you know – and First Lady Flames, to me, like they, they, I won't say they rap similar, but to me, First Lady Flames has the conviction and the delivery and just the, the little intangibles or whatever that Caution needed against those last couple people that she battled. And so that's why I would, I would, I would, I would take First Lady Flames in this battle. Um, but I do think it's like Caution is in a position now where like you, you lose three battles in a row, albeit to, three names, you know, three of the top women names, you know, you lose three thousand rows. Like, where do you go from there? You know, like, like, uh, where do you go back to battling, you know, people down here or what, you know what, but it, I think it's a very important battle for caution. Hopefully she comes out and does well. I really like caution, but man, this is a, this is a tough draw. So I will say this about whether or not she wins or loses. Here's what, here's what, at least from my experience of watching battle rap over the years, just make sure you're entertaining. Yeah. You make sure you're entertaining. Make sure you're marketable because yeah. there are, I won't name any names. If you come talk to me off camera, I might give you some names of some battle rappers out here who lose a lot, who be standing up there getting smoked. And they have like a really good resume of battlers who have smoked them in every, uh, eh, maybe there might be a few debatables mixed in there. But they're getting smoked routinely, but their resume is like in the last like I want to I'll stop there. Their resume is 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 looking quite nice. When you look at the end of their career, you're gonna go, wait, they battled and they got what? You know, so that's all I'm saying. So I'll let you guys fill in the blanks, or you can just tell me who you think fits the description of what I'm talking about. But yeah, but so I think for her, just make sure she's entertaining. Make sure just don't die. That's it. Don't if you don't die, you're good. And just make sure after it's over, it's too one debatable. Just no matter you could have you could have even if you do get smoked up there, just go up there and be like, I think I got third. You know what I'm saying? Like 
The second's debatable. I got the third. Two one either way. You know, people telling me it's crazy. People gonna smoke you in the comments. But that yeah. all about is that's kind of one of those. Not all all <laughs> all news is good news in that case. So the main event for this last for this uh, grudge card event: forty bars versus Yoshi G. Um, I like Yoshi. Um, I think Yoshi, when she's on top of her game, can be very hard to beat. But 40 Bars has beaten some of the best in battle rap, both men and women. And if 40 comes prepared, I hate I hate we have to say that, but if 40 comes prepared and I feel like she's talked crazy enough about Yoshi and to Yoshi that she will come prepared, I got I got 40. I, I might have 40 clear. I, I like you said. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if it's going to be in cakes. I wonder like if it'll be like you know an event where it's just kind of staff and battlers, or if it'll be like you know. I haven't seen Yoshi on too many stages that the where the crowd was there for her. You know, what I mean, I normally see her battling uphill. You know, and this is another battler that you're battling uphill against. You know, um, I appreciate that about Yoshi. Um, but smaller room, maybe just battlers and stuff. She might have a little bit of a better chance. Um, Whereas, you know, 40, like on a stage, you know, with everybody around and, you know, it seems to be like the cool thing to kind of be against Yoshi. Um, so maybe with maybe with peers and battlers around, um, but Yoshi does also kind of rub peers the wrong way, too. You know, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that she doesn't really have, you know, um, but she's that talented. She's that talented to where she can still main event cards like this, you know, um, and that says something that says something that, you know, like you know, Yoshi is. Is, is literally a, a, a supreme talent. She main events cards like this, and you know they're not going to book this if it's if it's just a lopsided battle. It's not. Um, the the big thing about it is is that forty bars is probably top three ever. You know, like at at, at her highest level. You know, she's probably top three. You know, a female battle rappers ever. If you're talking about at their highest level, um, with jazz and then you know fill in the blank whoever else you want to put there. Um, <clears throat> so. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards 40 bars in the battle, um, but it would not surprise me because I think I think Yoshi's talented enough to beat 40 bars. It would not surprise me if she did it. it I wouldn't look be look at it as like this crazy upset. Yeah, and when Yoshi, so when I think about her Lady Caution performance, I don't know the demographics of the room, how many people were there to see her, how many people were, you know were on her side, like who might have been standing behind her, or whatever. But she captivated that room with her performance versus um, versus Lady Caution. And I mean, that was the weekend we were in Austin um, when you battled um, Luke Castro. Luke Castro. You were talking about him earlier. You were talking about him earlier. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> hey, don't put that on my jacket, B. I ain't got. Oh, that's, not, that's not what I had in Anyway, let me get myself together. Yeah. Um, not who I had in mind, though. Um, but she took that room over, right? Caution's got Tay Rock behind her, which comes with a whole lot of cachet, and she smoked her. I mean, absolutely smoked her. And it was an undeniable performance. Even if you feel a way about Yoshi, it was a performance where you had to give her her respect. And so if she can come correct like that, even if she doesn't, I know 40 has a really, not just entourage, but her fan base travels. If she's in the building. Very there. much so. Yes. And so like, if she is able to withstand 
what's going to be coming her way because 40's going to have bar punches that land. She's going to mm-hmm. have stuff that lands and that's going to get that crowd riled up. If she can keep her composure against that, um, it might be looking a little, you know, when she battled, um, oh man, the first Chrome event. Uh, Saga's girl, my apologies, I'm blanking on your name. Prestavia. Prestavia, thank you. When she battled Prestavia, it was looking kind of lopsided. When you got all the gun titles on one yep. side of the state, I mean, I think even it was literally lopsided because everybody was standing on her side. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. side was empty, you know, and so she had to fight through that. So if she can make it through that, then she should be ready for 40 in her entourage. Yep, yep. All right, man. So let's get to one other event. This event, I believe, is going down this weekend. Um, this is easy to block, Captain. Speaking of battle rappers who are league owners, um, close. that's three in a row. That is three in a row. Street hymns, Remy Ma, now easy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, easy has an event going down this weekend. Uh, the trenches going down. I don't know if I don't know if this is like if I'm, it, this might not be a battle league. I don't know. Maybe it's just him trying to have an event, but either way, goes down this weekend in Philly. Ruin Your Day is going to be in the building filming, so hope so you should expect a, a crisp and, and clean pay-per-view. It's going to be on Rap Grid, and so we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up to the top, at least in terms of how they're listed on this flyer. Um, first off, you got Kay Walker versus Riggs. I like that. I like that matchup a lot. I like both of those guys, too. Um, I think K Walker's had some performances that I've seen on the um, straight to it. Um, whenever he battled, um, when I battled uh, QB that night, he got really, really crazy on straight to it. Um, Riggs is obviously so, so good. Um, so uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take K Walker just based off of the uh, the Philly uh, ties. You know, I think he's gonna be more up for it. I think he's going to be, you know, he's gonna write like, yo, this is a big card. Easy and read. A lot of people are going to be in the building. Something to prove. Um, Riggs has kind of been sitting for a minute, though, so that's kind of dangerous too. Maybe Riggs comes with like you know some some really really dope material. They they both could use you know a, a signature great performance right now um, because I mean there, there's there's plates everywhere right now. So two you know signature uh, a signature great performance to either one of them. So I'm a, I'm a lean K Walker's way. Man. I was all prepared to take Riggs, and um, you persuaded me to take K Walker for the for that very reason. Oh, again, I do, I do think Riggs, you know, at least from a high visibility platform standpoint, maybe he's been outside on, on smaller platforms in 2023, but I haven't seen him in a minute. Um, and so I think him, like you said, this is because of the main event, because of some of those names, um, a little bit. Um, below the main event, it's going to have a lot of eyes on it. Obviously, a lot of the controversy around it is going to probably draw some attention to it. I think the easy versus URL thing kind of makes it like I want to see how this goes for him, right? Like I yeah. want to see what happens. So I think you're going to have some some people who might jump in just from that standpoint. So yeah, I got K- I, you made me change my mind. I'm gonna go K Walker two one, and what I hope is a really good battle because I like Riggs as well. All right, yeah. real deal versus Dub the Fina. Shout out to chef. Real Deal getting on the card. The chef. Yes, the chef, man. We're going with the chef. Real Deal's hard to beat. He's just difficult to beat. People don't beat Real Deal like that. Since the man had to just give up his chain. He was like, look, I'm tired of like <laughs> winning all of these King of the Dot title matches. You know, like he's just really, really tough to beat. 
Um, not to mention real deals from Pittsburgh. Like, you know, like it's, it's in Pennsylvania. We're, we're talking about, you know, just a few hours away. So it's not, I don't think it'll be too like, you know, home, home court, you know, advantage ish. Um, and real deals never been in a scenario to me where he's ever been shook, you know, of, of any yeah. kind of crowd. So let, let me tell you what, uh, Philadelphia and pencil and, uh, Pittsburgh, is it five hours? It's like eight. Really? Is it like that? Like Tennessee? Because I know like Knoxville and Memphis is like seven. Let me make sure they haven't made it a little bit more. Oh, I'm wrong. My bad. It's like five. It's like five. I don't know why I feel like it was longer. Um, I knew it wasn't like right down the road, but I mean, I thought it was there. Yeah. So the reason I, maybe it felt like eight because on my honeymoon, my wife booked a, a, uh, the Poconos, right? We had a spot in the Poconos, but like we're young. Right. We're not we haven't really. Well, I mean, I haven't. We hadn't really traveled too much out of Kansas City domestically. That wasn't like to our like hometowns and like small town, the south. So yeah. she books the flight to Pittsburgh. The Poconos is like an hour outside Philly, like 30, 45 minutes, an hour outside Philly. So we had to drive from <laughs> Pittsburgh and like they were like the major highway was undergoing construction so like every like 20 miles it goes from like 70 to like like, 35 to like 35 40 50 and then like when it would when it all congests to one lane now we're stuck and we're just so maybe it felt like seven hours when it was really (laughs) supposed to be like five but yeah but yeah i'm gonna go i'm going with real deal this is completely biased no, no, dis- no hate towards Dub. I've seen Dub. Yeah, Dub I've seen him battle a couple of times. He's definitely Absolutely. not definitely not bad. Absolutely. He's had some dope performances. Um, and so, but I mean, I'm going with real deal. Like one of the mm-hmm. best, one of the best human beings in this culture, man. For mm-hmm. sure. All right. So Enes versus Dot. <laughs> oh man, Enes, bro. Enes in Philly. Come on now. Like, listen, I'm not taking anybody other than Enes. Not there's not there's probably not anybody on that card in my opinion that's beating Enes in Philly, and that might even be easy to block captain included. Like that's just how I mean. I love Enes, man. I love I love the way he raps. I, when he raps in Philly, he has a great time, you know. Um, and there's only been one person I've ever seen, you know, him beat him like in Philly, and that's that's Marv One, and um, and uh, and that was a little bit outside of Philly, I think, but it was a it was a different event. But yeah, I, I'm taking oh, Enes. That was in Philly. Was it in Philly? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So yeah, I'd say for all the reasons you listed, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Rosenberg Raw versus Danny Myers. It's a very intriguing matchup. I forgot that battle was happening. Oh wow. Um. I'm gonna go with the bar god. I'm gonna go with the bar guy. I'm gonna go with you know this is the first non Philly non non Pennsylvania person I've picked, I believe. Um, Rosenberg Ross coming off of a uh, a battle with Clips that uh, most most people think that he he edged, I believe. Some people have it as a debatable, but I think some people most people got him winning um, the first two rounds. Um, I'm I don't know, man. Raw doesn't take anybody light, but Raw's not like a really a, a volume shooter to me. Yeah, and I, I I just don't know like like quickly coming off of the clips battle and, and getting like locked in for the Danny battle. And I know that he just became a Danny's opponent maybe like two weeks ago when we found out that True Foe wasn't doing it. 
Um, so it's a three-week notice. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> we'll see how much pull Rosenberg Raw really has in his hometown. Like, people really rock with him heavy. Um, but Danny Myers can do this stuff in his sleep. Like, I, I literally just watched him battle Alias the Attic, um, <clears throat> who's not Rosenberg Raw, of course, but um, a different type of opponent in L.A. And it, he's just he's just so good all the time, you know? Yeah, I need to go and watch him in clips just for this Anthony Davis bar. Um, we can take it wherever you want. I'm tool tucking. Anthony Davis, whenever you think I'm playing, I'm going to pull something. Like, that's kind of great. I'm like, yo, what? That's cool. Okay. So I need to go check that battle out, man. Like, life has kept me away from battle rap from both YouTube and the app. So I, I got a lot of catching up to do. But I'm like, yo, like, okay. All right, all right. And he, and he pronounced his name right. Normally, you know, his best bars are is a mispronouncing, <laughs> mispronouncing the, the, the athlete's name. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Raw on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think being home. I think against Danny Myers. I think, like you said, coming off of the the Clips battle. Um, I think. I think Raw. I think he's trying to prove a point this year. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rosenberg. Okay. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Danny takes. It. And then the main event, easy to block captain versus Reed Dollars. I got easy. I got easy. Pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> I. I mean, Reed is my is is one of my three favorite of all time. He is Philadelphia battle rap along with Enes. Um, you know, I'd be excited to see. I know it's uh, originally it was supposed to be one round. Now it's three rounds, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, the battles that I I'm trying to remember the last time I saw Reed like get up for a battle. You know, and like even like against Rum Nitty and maybe Surf, where you might have saw like what you would anticipate the best read to be maybe, maybe murder mook. Um, uh, Surf for who sure sticks out for me. Ill will. Maybe there was a couple rounds against ill will. Yeah. 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 But even then, like, like the consistency of what easy has done and what he does, unless he just went in there and just was like, look, I was trying to put together this league. I was trying to do my podcast. I was trying to do this. And I just threw together these three rounds. And, and, and I don't anticipate that happening from Easy, but it, you know, unless he does that, I got Easy winning it. Man, yeah, I got Easy winning it. I kind of wish it was one round because I feel like you could get. I feel like the first round from Reed is going to be that vintage, mm-hmm. like he's going to tap into that. I mean, the Philly flow, and especially I mean, he should, he should. This is my stuff, you know. This is you, you here because of me, you know, all of that kind of stuff. He should yeah. pull all the cards possible. You're not really from Philly. I mean, like all of that stuff is 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 in a tuck for Reed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. literally, the, the young man get under my wing. The like, you not really from Philly. I'm from Philly. That's two rounds right there that are winnable rounds if you go in and talk to him a certain way. And he's gonna have to like the aggression is gonna have to be in the performance as well as obviously yeah. aggression when it comes to his projection and all that stuff. We don't have to worry about that. But with how easy raps with how aggressive he is and literally getting in your face barking walking around you like he's going to have to add that element to his game and granted i think Easy's probably taller than reed i don't know if i've ever been the same room as reed yeah i feel like easy's taller but he's going to have to close that space and really like talk to him while he's again while he's trying to say this is my house right i'm the vet like you said all this stuff you said about you know under my wing i pioneered your style like all of that, like he's gotta he's gotta come with that 
and like I said, at least in the first round, and if he can stretch it out for two, then we might have something. We might have mm-hmm. something. You might have to go mixtape first in the third. Yeah. <laughs> but if he could give us if he could give us some of that old school read in those first two, we might be working with something. But yo, that's our that's our predictions for the trenches. Shout out to Gutter City. Shout out to Easy Man. Once again, rapgrid.com. You can go purchase the pay-per-view. Um, it's going down this weekend in Philly. Five battles. Hopefully everybody shows up, clipped up, ready to perform and put on a good show for the people. And um, yeah, I'll be tuning in. Hopefully. I don't know my weekend. I don't know if my weekend's gonna be crazy, but hopefully I get a chance to tune in and watch the battles, man. So let's flip the switch, flip the script, if you will. Let's get into these sports, man. Let's get into the NBA. Um before I'm trying to think, do I want to start with so I want to start with this, right? So I feel like I want to start here. I want to talk a little bit about John Morant. I didn't do it last week, um, I, you know, but I feel like the very next day, I think the information about the welfare check comes out. Um, and he is, you know, the police said he was okay. Everything's good. He said he was taking a break from social media, while, which while I say, okay, that's cool that you're taking a break. Um, I think there are better ways to announce that you're taking a break than kind of see yeah. these cryptic, like, Mom, yeah. bye, dad, bye, you know, NBA, bye. Like, mm-hmm. like that, that is concerning. And I think for me, take the ISO I, while I go get another beer. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I'll I'll take the ISO. So I think for me, I think the thing that concerns me about Ja is people have been talking about the money. People have been talking about the endorsements that he's messing up. And for me, the thing that has been concerning is forget the money. Are you good? Right? Are you good? And who do you want to be? Those are the two questions I have for him. Because if I think we've seen a lot of people who've come into a lot of money turn around and say, life was better for me when I was broke. Right? Life was better for me when I was still on the streets with nothing. Now I got all this bread. I got all this flame, this fame, fortune, um, this notoriety, and I hate it. And part of me wonders if a lot of the things that he his actions and the way he's acting out is because life for him was better when he when no one knew him as Ja Morant, when he was Demetrius. Right. Maybe he's always been called Ja. Right. But when the world did not know Ja Morant and only his family knew him, maybe life for him was better. And so I hope that this brother I said this at the time when he came back and I said, can you really fix everything that's wrong with you in two weeks? Mm-hmm. Can you really turn your life around in two weeks? And the answer is no, right? Because he said, I won't do this again. And then two months later, you do the same thing. And your man's had more sense than you. As soon as he saw you with the gun, he drops his phone because he understands the stakes at that po- in that particular moment more than you did. And so for Ja, man, like I heard, um, I don't know if you saw this clip. And I didn't have it queued up for tonight, but DeMar DeRozan talks about like, like how guys really don't love the sport, how guys really don't love basketball. Yes. Yeah. And so my thing is, it's like, yo, Ja, do you love this? Mm-hmm. Like maybe when you got drafted right and you came into the league and you're fresh face and, you know, you're from a small time school, you're overlooked. You wanted to prove a point that you should have been number one even over Zion, that, you, that you're going to show everyone what they've been missing over the last two, three years. But maybe now you've gotten into this space and now you decide you don't want it. 
And if you don't, if you don't love it anymore, if you don't love the game, bro, that's okay. Like people are going to call you crazy. If you come out tomorrow and say, I, I am announcing my retirement from basketball, or I'm going to take the year off to work on my mental health and work on my mind. Cool. Have we seen anybody do that? I mean, obviously not at the caliber of player that John Morant is. Never. I mean, because this culture, this culture does not, right? It's grind culture, right? I mean, we saw Glenn Coffee. Glenn Coffee ran away. I mean, remember Glenn Coffee? Yeah, I think Glenn Coffee had like mental, like serious mental health issues, right? I thought I thought he went. To, I thought he went to be a no. You're thinking about uh, Marion Barber, right? Okay. I think Glenn okay. Coffee just went to be a pastor. Like I think after like his second or third year, he was just like, "Yo, I think you're I, right." I think you're right. Yeah, and I mean, he was more. He was like a. He wasn't like a top, you know. But he, I mean, he, he's probably on a millionaire. You know, was like, hey, you know, like this is what I don't. It's not my passion, you know? Yeah, and you're right. Like, I'm looking at his wiki page now. Um, he confirmed the reason he retired, that his heart was never in football. And yeah. He believed God wanted him to take another path. Um, although, it says in 2017, he was officially reinstated by the NFL and was released by the San Francisco 49ers, who still <laughs> own the rights. Um, but, I mean, like, he didn't. <laughs> Man said, hey, Lord, if you want me to put 10% in, I'm going to have to go back and get it real quick. <laughs> But I don't think he ever made another roster, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, because, again, like, the culture does not – sports culture does not look kindly upon quitters. And we actually have an episode – I forget what the context of our of our discussion was – that's literally titled, There is Honor in Quitting. Because sometimes, man, like, if you don't love it – like, if you only love basketball for what it could bring for you, what it could do for you, and what it has done for you is bring, bring a little bit of heartache and pain and chaos – yeah, maybe he needs to step away for a year. He is the type of talent where Memphis will wait for him. They're not going to release him. They're not going to trade him. They'll wait for him to come back because, honestly, he was set to be the face of American basketball. Like, if you think about the 2024 Olympics, LeBron is probably not coming back. I doubt KD is going to play. I doubt Steph. Steph might play. He might take that elder statesman role, Right. But if those three guys play, who's the face of American basketball next year for the Summer Olympics? It's probably it's probably him, Tatum, Booker, Murray. It, um, no, Murray's Canadian. Oh, that is. Yep, him, Tatum, and Booker. Yeah. And so it's just like at this point, at before all of this stuff went down, Jaws' Q rating was higher than any of those guys you named. It was higher yeah. than Tatum, higher than Booker, and he's been in the league less time. Right, signature shoot. Tatum just got a signature shoe, I think, this year. Yeah. Just had a signature shoe release. He's the fate was, you know, was going to have the Gatorade sponsorship, right? Like he was getting ready to cross over into kind of that, that sports culture, pop culture landscape where you're going to be able to recognize him immediately, right? There's going to be no questions of who is this guy? Oh, that's John Morant. And again, all of that is in jeopardy, and that's fine. But for me, like my thing with him is, are you okay? How can we help you? Right. Because I think that's the other thing is you're 23 years old and you are essentially the the alpha for your entire family. That includes your parents. You are the head of the household at 23 years old because of how much money you've made. Mm -hmm. And so he needs someone who is asking him, how can we help you? 
how can we help you get better? How can we help you get back to a space where you feel uh, safe? If that's the case, if he needs to, if he needs to feel that safety, right? How do we get you back to that space? Forget the money because you're talented enough that if you do what you've been doing, you're going to get paid from a performance. Yeah. standpoint. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. That, that's my concern with him, man. And I hope he's able to, like I said, to get the care that he needs, the help that he needs, and he's able to come back and and be one of the best players in this league because he was going to be all NBA before all this happened. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I just wanted to hit on that real quick. No, 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 yeah, no. I think that's 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 yeah, that's pretty much pretty much wrapped it up. You know, it's sad because like the family he comes from, you would think that <clears throat> his parents are like we you know you know he's the alpha because of money. But I, from what I understand is like he didn't come from a family that necessarily needed the money you know and so you know you would hope that that would be some kind of connection there where it's just like yo you know like like we don't need your money we need you you know what i mean because sometimes people suppress all of what they really want to say or being honest with their kids or their friends or whatever because they're connected to this bank account you know what i mean and so you would hope that with his parents you know being able to kind of survive and operate you know in 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 a good living situation his entire life you know there'd be some people around him that's just like yo you know like I don't need your money. I need, I need you to understand, you know, that life is short, you know, like, so. Yeah. And I'll say this as a, as a kind of a quick closing, man, check on your people, like check mm-hmm. on your people, ask them how they're doing, ask them how they're, how they're mental, mentally, how they're doing. Because like, I think in this time frame that we live in the space we live in, I think I don't have, now granted, I haven't checked the numbers, but I feel like a lot of people are harming themselves. Um, and whether or not it is, to the point of suicide or whether it's the point of like cutting or a, a substance abuse of various mm-hmm. forms, man, people are trying to cope with a lot of things. And so, you know, if you got people in your life, check on them, make sure they're good. I think this is a fair point that Mama Ward brings up. It's just harder for men in general to admit that they might need help. You know, yeah. when we ask each other all the time, yo, how you doing? And the response is, oh, good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm cool. I'm cool. Oh, man, you know, ups and downs. Da, 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 da. Like we really don't like get into that real sometimes until it's like the ninth hour. Right. Or the midnight hour. And they're like, yo, man, like uh, and it's like, bro, like one of the first things we always tell each other. Why didn't you say something? Right. Like always. We each- always. And it's just like, yeah. So as men, like we have to be more vulnerable in that way to open up and be not only with each other as men, but like with the loved ones in our life and be open with them and be honest with them and be like, yo, like, and and I'm preaching to myself here, people. Like I'm talking to myself about making sure that I'm open and honest with my wife about like, if I'm dealing with anything, I'm struggling anything to be like, yo, like here's where I am mentally. Here's where I am, you know? So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good point. Good point. Mama Ward. So let's jump to this one thing before we get into this, this final topic of uh, the Eastern conference finals and NBA finals. So I don't know if you got a chance to hear this, but Scottie Pippen turned up in the news again. Um, he was talking on, uh, is it Get the Hot Sauce? I think it's Get the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King and some of the, uh, I think it's a couple of uh, Bulls announcers. Give me the Hot Sauce podcast. Make sure I get it right. And so he he was asked a question about all-time greats. I think it was, it was referencing LeBron about all-time greats, right? And I have the, I pulled the quote, the clip. So I want to have you listen to this clip. And we can respond to it. All right, so here's the clip. This is talking about all-time greats. 
I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And yes, more. all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Everybody forgot who he was. He was a player that really winning wasn't at the top of his category. Mm. It was scoring. He was going at the scoring titles. It wasn't until Phil Jackson showed up. Mm-hmm. That Keep going. Changed the menu a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that still took some time. Yeah. Anything else, Scotty? So, but no, that wasn't in the that wasn't in the documentary. All right. <laughs> so he said a lot there. And I and I say this, I didn't when I saw the clip or I saw the the quote, right? The pull quote which he was a horrible player. And I went, "Scotty, come on, dog." I went, "Boosie, come on, man. Like what are you doing, Scotty?" So, now that there's a little bit more context there, and let me credit that was Scotty Pippen on Stacy King's "Give Me the Hot Sauce" podcast. Let me make sure I get the get the credit there. What what is your response to what Scotty had to say about Michael in that moment? Um, I mean, it sounds like what he was saying, which, and I don't know how necessary even saying all that was. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think he could have answered the question without saying all of that. Um, when it comes to like, I think the question was who's the greatest player, you know, and he's just basically right. like, so it was the context, the context was, it was talking about LeBron is like, where do you have LeBron? Do you think he's greater than Jordan? Right. Yeah. That was so, the, I mean, to the question. Yeah. So I think he can still answer that conversation without saying all that. So the part of me is just like, yo, he just, he wants to be a part of the, the news. He wants to, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing, you know, whether he believes that's correct or incorrect. Um, what he said, secondly, I think that he should have said he was a horrible team player. I don't think LeBron James – I don't think Michael Jordan was a horrible player before Scottie Pippen. You know, I don't – horrible is like – but I, I get it, though, mind you. There's been times where I've been like, man, John John's trash. Like, in battle rap, right? John John – like, John John is 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 John John, right? He's he, he's a, a top-notch – right? But, like, as a peer or whatever, like, we'll use words that – he's not trash like the dude that I battled, you know, in – LA last week trash. It's, I mean, it's the same word, you know what I mean? So Jordan wasn't a horrible basketball player. He played in North Carolina. He came to the league. He's draft. You know what I mean? He's not. Whole. So I think what he's saying is, is like you know, like once once the correct team came around and and was able to complement the way that he scored and the way the drive that he had and the, the mindset in which Jordan played with. That's when he, you know, that's when he it enabled him to be the greatest ever. You know. So I think that he said it all, and it all seems very negative and be, it, it, because it is the way he said it. Is like he's just basically going at Jordan, but it wasn't. It could have been picked. It could have been you know put together in a, in a different light, like you know about just team playing and different things like that. So I, I'm not really for it because it sounded like a bunch of hating to me um, in how he said it and how he put it together, um, whether it's true or not. So I listened to almost all of the conversation. I'm probably like 20 minutes short of the of listening to the whole thing, and I'll say this. 
what if Scotty's not wrong? So the horrible, the horrible player part, you're absolutely right. He needs to say, listen, he was he was selfish. He calls him selfish at another point in the interview. Um, he calls Phil selfish at another point. He kind of contradicts himself at times. Like he at one point he goes, Well, by the end of the run in 98, I was ready to leave. And it didn't matter if they stayed, I was out of here. But then like there's a conversation of okay, the 2016 Warriors or the 96 Bulls, and he goes, if we would have stayed together, we would have won like another maybe one or two chance. I'm like, well, Scotty, like you said, you were out of here. Like, yeah, like you can't have it both ways. Right. So he yeah. does kind of contradict himself throughout the course of the interview at times. That being said, I'm going to make a wrestling analogy. I've gotten back into wrestling a little bit because of the bloodline analogy. The bloodline. Yeah, I've been seeing you comment on a bunch of stuff. I'm like, yo, is he is he like? <laughs> one of the best. Listen, I I probably got out of wrestling during the Attitude at the end of the Attitude era. Yeah, same I here. don't know what happens. Probably after the WCW ECW invasion, like that that whole storyline. I probably tap out after of wrestling from that point, and I'm kind of always kind of peering in here and there. It's one of the best storylines I've ever seen in wrestling. Miss Bloodline storyline. So it's uh, the Samoan wrestlers, right? Samoans have a a really uh, deep history, especially within uh, WWE. Of course, The Rock. Rock, Wild Samoans, um, Rikishi. Um, Like you find out stuff like I didn't know Yokozuna was actually, I think he was Samoan. He wasn't Japanese. Um, Oh, yeah. So, right, you find out all this stuff, right? So Roman Reigns is the head of the bloodline, head of the table. He's the the tribal chief, so on and so forth, right? And so, like, everyone is supposed to bow to him. One of Roman's things, he comes to the ring, he goes, acknowledge me, right? Like, that's the whole thing. He's supposed to acknowledge him as the tribal chief. So the way the storyline goes is you have these twin cousins of his called the Usos, and there's the storyline is the way it's being written right now. A rift is developing in the bloodline. Like the Usos are kind of like kind of sick of the head of the table tribal chief thing. And it's like, you know what? What if Scotty's right? Right. Because like we have this image of Jordan based on narrative building. Right. We 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 weren't there. We weren't in practice with him. We weren't day to day with Jordan. Right. So we don't we have kind of this romanticized view of Jordan, but he lived it every day. And so essentially what has happened with the bloodline to kind of close the loop on the story is one of the brothers super kicked Roman Reigns. There was an event this weekend. They come, they interfere in the match. Roman gets hot. He starts like punking them. Like, cause he's been like, he, part of his leadership is bullying, which if you look at Jordan, his leadership style was fear, fear based. Right. I don't think that's up for debate. So he's bullying them. Get out of my ring. Ain't no more day ones. You're done. And one of the brothers like, I'm sick of this. And he super kicks him. And the other twin is like, bro, why would you do this? He's like, I'm going to do what you should have did a long time ago. Super kicks him a second time. Internet goes crazy. Right. And so it's like Scotty, who's been on the inside all these years, has had to listen to the narrative and the myth of Michael Jordan. He's like, I was with this guy every day. His stuff stink just like mine. And y'all act like it don't. And so, like, when you have been relegated to sidekick status for so long. Oh, you got bars now? <laughs> hey, you know, from, sidekick? Time time, from time to time, you know, I'm able to pull a, pull a little couple of things together. You know what I'm saying? 
That's crazy. Sidekick status. Sidekick status for so long. At a certain point, you get sick of hearing about how this guy was God's gift to the sport and how he just drugged these other guys along. You were just along for the ride. Like, he didn't contribute anything. And so while I, so a lot of what Scotty does and says does come off as bitter, it does come off as petty, he might have a right to feel that way. I'm not saying he should come out and say he was a terrible player. Because what he says, like you said, what he says is there's truth to what he's saying. Like Jordan himself says, hey, the turning point was Phil saying to me, you got to trust the guys around you. You got to learn how to they will. If if you give them the ball, they will score. They will make the right things happen. So, again, we have come to not appreciate the messenger because Scotty said Mm -hmm. a bunch of, you know, kind of frankly ridiculous stuff. But, dog, he might be. There might be some truth to what he's saying. That's all I want you guys to consider. So what are you going to do if he comes out and says, and Jordans weren't even that good until Pippins came out? <laughs> hey, again, <laughs> we've had this conversation on the show. I, I don't actually like how – I don't get how Jordan up tempos are fire. I don't get how Jordan played in these shoes because they if, – if they feel any way they feel after wearing them for a couple of hours, he really is the goat <laughs> because those things will have your dogs barking. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, he talked about what was it in the last dance? It talks about he played in what the original ones near the end of his career, mm-hmm. and like how like his feet were like bloodied or like hello, anyway. But now, like y'all, it's let us weird know. though. It's two different dynamics because I just watched the interview. Did you see the interview on All the Smoke with Robert Ori? No, I had to check it out. You know, so Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson are asking him about. I mean, he played with Elijah Shaq and Tim Duncan. You know, arguably probably three of the top six big men of all time, you know, Absolutely. and but just the way that he eloquently spoke about all of them. But he he said, like, Hakeem, the, the Galatian was number one, like clearly it's him, you know, of those three. And he kind of went in, but he spoke in a way he didn't say, like, I mean, before, you know, Shaq was this or, that, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't that. The reason he was there was to shed light on, you know, a situation Yes, of course, in saying that Halajawan is clearly number one, Shaq might look at that like, dang, you know what I mean? But, you know, he was he, he communicated in a way that wasn't – it didn't come across like Robert Ori says Halajawan is clearly better than Shaq, you know? And like, yeah, I feel like that Pip, yeah. Pippen could have done something like that. I mean, Pippen might be the king of the backhanded compliment because, like, five minutes before that, he pushed Jordan on Mount Rushmore. So, again, like, I don't – I think he appreciate Michael's talent. I th- I'm not going to say he enjoyed playing with him because I mean, again, he called the man a bully. In the but NBA. you got to enjoy winning. I mean, would I enjoy winning if I'm being verbally abused the entire way? Like, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. just think about that. Like, would you enjoy that if you, if every step of the way you're being told you're not good enough? You're trying. You, well, you, the only way I'm staying playing is, <laughs> is if I'm winning in that in that type of situation. The only thing that's keeping me in in the, in the on the team. I'm just saying, like Smush Parker. I mean, it, maybe he feels differently now that Kobe has passed, but he hated Kobe. Because of how verbally abusive he was to him. I mean, I never forget the game where they come where, where Cole, they go to overtime 
and he goes to smush and he like grab steal the you are going to make like I'm like bro like why are you cuffy grab me by my shirt telling me I'm you better do this right you know so yeah I mean I don't I don't know like I I I tell you, I put it to you like this. In contrast to like Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler was ta- was asked a question about the role players. And he goes, I don't call them role players. I call them teammates because our roles change for day to day. Like Jimmy Butler is very demanding in how um, in how you prepare for games and how you play. Like he talked about this in a, another interview. I saw him. He says, well, look, when I played in Chicago, he goes, there was no star system. He's like, Joakim Noah is cussing Derrick Rose out because Derrick Rose is missing his assignment. And so he's like, there's a level of accountability that I was brought up in as a young player that as as I became a vet, that was the standard for me. Like, you're going to get stuff wrong. I'm going to yell at you, but it's not because I hate you, not because I don't want, I I, I don't, I dislike you. I want you to, to try as hard as I'm trying. And I think there's a way to communicate that and get that across without being a jerk. Yeah. And granted, even Jimmy has a reputation of being hard to play with that time. So again, a certain part of leadership is going to require you to be a jerk. I'm sorry. There are no, there are no just kind of really nice. Hey guys, I really appreciate it. If you close out here, you know, I really appreciate it. If you would, you know, execute your screen, like you're going to have to like get in somebody's butt. I mean, like for lack of a better term. Yes, I said it. And I'm not, no, I'm not going to no. I said it. You gotta, you gotta get somebody's tail sometimes. Look, you have to understand. I'm a battle rapper, so at any time this stuff could be a meme or a, a gif or something like that. Hey, so. Ace, I mean, pull up, and I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> I'm not, t- I'm not pausing anything. Anyway. Um, the one thing I can, uh, I can learn to appreciate about LeBron is just with, with technology, cameras, and social media, and everything. Is I don't think Jordan stays out of the. Uh, of the uh of the way like LeBron does if all of that is accessible into the locker room and how he was a player and what what he did you know what I mean I, I don't think I, I think LeBron has done a pretty good job of uh <laughs> you got paused my mom's let's go mom not pausing anything I stand behind everything I said um, <laughs> that's not the time, right the right term for that. <laughs> for, for what you said, you can't come back and say you stand behind. All right, so we just we just not gonna go there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I do think that you know one thing I do love about LeBron is that you know he's he's made his you know off the court locker room all that kind of stuff for the most part he's handled himself you know as a elite and one of the best ever you know basketball players, media guys humans you know so that's 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 dope but yeah but yeah y'all let us know what y'all think about that about about scotty's comments man like like i said i think there's truth to what he's saying the delivery needs to change um like you said i've heard robert ori talk about i think he's on dan patrick talking about Shaq and and uh elijah one in particular those two i don't think they got to duncan or even robinson for that matter but um yeah i think there's a there's a certain level of Couth. I couth is the only word that's coming to mind, but there's a certain level of respect you can have yeah. in these conversations. So last thing, man, let's get into this. So speaking of Duncan and speaking of Robinson, this is a good segue. Okay. <laughs> Duncan Robinson plays for the Miami Heat. <laughs> no, I was going to say that since I heard it. <laughs> so game seven took place. Um, the Heat, Tatum, Jason Tatum gets hurt the first play. From from tip, he's 26 seconds into the game. game. 
Yeah. He's hobbled all game. Um, I believe the Heat closed the first quarter on an 18-6 to six run, and that essentially was the game. Um, mm-hmm. There would be times, I believe the Celtics got it as close, as low as seven. Mm-hmm. Once they once the league got into double digits, but they never truly threatened outside of a few moments from Derek White in the second half, the third quarter in particular. The Heat, who said that they were, oh, well, the world, for the most part, said that they were cooked after losing in game six. They defeat the Celtics in game seven in Boston with a crowd that was ready to um basically explode from the opening tip um and they're going to the nba finals to take on the denver nuggets first game game one is that uh, i don't know about the time i know it's thursday um i want to say this again i had this conversation i'm going to i said this last episode i want to say it again do not talk to me about momentum anymore i don't want to hear it i don't we saw the boston celtics come down from three games and after that tip after that tip in at the buzzer by Derek White all we heard was it's over they're mm-hmm. cooked they can't come back from it they blown the lead we're about to get get the tweets ready get your drafts ready we about to slander the heat because there's no way they can come back from this and in one of the group chats I was in I said you know what I said it all depends on their mindset I didn't mention nothing about I said simply if they can if they can get their minds together and get themselves prepared, then they they will have. I'm not saying that they were going to win. I thought they would be competitive in Game Seven. Why? Yes, Sydney, it is hard to beat a team four games in a row, but it can be done. We just saw it in the uh, in the Western Conference Finals. Yes, it was tough, but again, even in that series, the Lakers were were competitive in just about every game. I think all four games were competitive, at least in, the, in parts of the second half. But Denver, when they needed to get themselves together, they got themselves together. Miami kept their heads about them. They kept their composure. They went into a building where if my if Boston gets to like a, let's say they started out 10-2 run, 12-2 run, like they kind of did in game in game five or six. Um game, was it game five? Yeah, but they that, did they did go up kind of they did go up kind of well it wasn't no nah, it was like eight it wasn't to two or something it's like, like eight to two right like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like it was in game in game five no. where like they went they started out like yeah. 15 five or something like that it was mm-hmm. like 20 like it was in a, a, a the avalanche started it was from from the opening jump right from the opening tip it was it was over they kept their composure and they did their job and that is the entire thing i've been saying about momentum uh shout out to um country boy on uh he's from uh kingdom cast yeah right he's like disagree with me and i you've never seen harry potter so this reference is going to be lost on you yeah. i'm going to pull up this this tweet real quick because he says to me he's like um let me go to my mentions real quick he goes so i say to him I found over the years that very few people are with me on the idea of momentum not being real, but there are too many instances where teams with momentum have not maintained it. So he says to me, because it easily escapes and can switch multiple times, it's fleeting. It's very hard to maintain over four games. And so if you've ever watched Harry Potter, they have this game called Quidditch, where mm-hmm. they fly around on rooms, and the game can be won by catching what I believe is called the golden, golden snitch. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little, small little ball that has wings. And you chase it. And I'm like, bro, you just described the golden snitch from Harry Potter. Like you're chasing. No, you don't chase momentum. You simply keep your head and you win. 
So I do, you don't have to even respond to that because we've argued enough about that. I just want to put that out there for the listeners. Once again, momentum is not real. Stop with momentum. It is the ability to maintain your mindset and do your job no matter what it looks like. Your thoughts on Boston, Miami? Yeah, I. Um, it's funny. I and they asked this question when I was out at Fox Sports Studio as like the pre-show question to the to the panel. And it was, would you rather um, be swept or would you rather lose a heartbreaking game seven in a series? You know, um, and there were mixed there were mixed answers on it. You know, for, for the most part, I think like three out of five people said I'd rather uh, lose a heartbreaking game seven. You know, just because I could at least say that I, I, I competed, you know, I could at least say that I showed up and competed. Like if I got swept, you know, like. I'm going home, you know, like, dang, we, we, we got, we got embarrassed, you know, I don't know. I don't know how exactly how I feel about it, you know, um, but I can say this much is like after winning three games and being at home and like, not only that, you're the two seed and they're the eight seed at some point in time, right? When there's one game left, it's like, you're the two seed for a reason and they're an eight seed for a reason, right? That like this game, you're a seven and a half point favorite, you know, like there's just, and you drop the ball to where it's not even a competitive game in the second half. Like it's not even like, and I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Tatum's ankles is, is not the reason they lost that game. I don't believe Tatum's ankle is the reason they lost that game. I don't, I don't think Tatum goes off for some 46 points or whatever. And, you know, you, know, you look around, the games they lost, Al, Forward, Al Horford will have four, six points, Marcus Smart will have two, four points, you know, something like that. And in the games they won, Marcus Smart's putting together 20. He's playing like a point guard. He's hitting shots. You know, they're, they're, they're getting the ball into the paint. You know, like it, it was literally that you could watch the games and say, oh, they're just chucking up threes right now. They're just hoping that somebody, you know, catches fire. And it was a big, big disappointment. It was a big, big disappointment. It had to be a huge disappointment. I mean, <laughs> man, listen, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I've never, ever been a fan, really, of Boston sports, any of the teams. There's an entitlement of, of just that city and everything. You know, um, of course, I like Grant Williams. I have a Celtics jersey. I have his jersey, whatever. But, like, for the Bruins to lose game seven at home after being the best hockey team all year, and then the Celtics to lose a game seven at home, like, hey, yo, pray for Boston, man. Pray, <laughs> pray for Boston. Because <laughs> oh. guess what? This is not one of those years where it's like, man, at least we got Tom. Oh, we don't even got Tom Brady anymore. <laughs> like, like, yo, this struggle is real for Boston, man. And the Red Sox, I don't even think the Red Sox are that good right now. Like, no. Oh, pray for Boston, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, as someone who fancies himself as a decent shooter, not great, not not elite, I'm decent, right? When you go to pick up and your shot isn't falling and you're getting good looks, sometimes you're getting wide open looks, it messes with your head. It does. And if you are on that level, and at that point, I think I saw Richard Jefferson say it that day, the day of game seven. He's like, it was either him or Perk. He goes, the pressure is on Boston now. Oh, yeah. You were the favorite going into the game. 
you were supposed to win this in five or six. You lost three straight. You won. You barely won game six, and you blew it. You almost blew it in the second half of that game. So much. Shout out, Norman. Once, once an episode. Once an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you barely held on in that game, and you went home, and the world was expecting you to win. You were, I think there were seven and a half point favorites. Yep. In that matchup. The world is expecting you to win. Your your best player tweaks his ankle to start, and then you can't buy a three. You can't buy it, and you continue <clears throat> to shoot them. And so, like, again, when you got Caleb Martin going for 11 for 16, Jimmy goes for what? I'm going to believe it was 30. If it wasn't 30, it was 28. 28, 29. yeah. 28, 7, and 6, I think. You know, Bam isn't maybe not being an offensive force, but he's he's contributing in other ways. And you keep coming down, and you're firing up threes, and you miss, and the other teams getting buckets, and you can see it on their face at the end. They were demoralized, they were shell shocked because they, to me, I heard somebody else say this that Boston plays. You talked about entitlement that that this particular team feels like, oh, we're the Celtics. We have we have two top three picks on our team <laughs> Celtics rebuttal game was lazy we have two top three picks on our team we have all these lottery picks on our team Marcus Smart lottery pick we are going to win because of who we are and it bit them it bit them in the end and so you know Celtics got what 600 million dollars worth of two players so I want to ask you this as we close the show we're going to close on that note if if you were the owner I think it's Wick Grousebeck is his name I think he's the majority owner would you pay Tatum and Brown to Supermax deals? Well, my thing is that I have to have a conversation with them because there's times on the court where I don't even think they like playing with each other. Um, Man, I'm watching body too. language. I'm watching transition baskets. I'm watching the ball move around. I'm seeing, you know what I mean? And I'm looking like, this doesn't seem like a one-two punch. This seems like a one punch. All right, I'll punch now. You know what I mean? It, is, it, didn't, it didn't seem like that, you know? Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to be honest and say, well, da, 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 but I'm like, I don't know if Jalen Brown wants to play with Jason Tatum or vice versa. Um, so um, if, if if they can say, yes, I we do want to play together, you know, we do want to write the ship, like I say pay them. They're both very, very good. We're talking about first team All-NBA, talking about second team All-NBA, you know, but Robert Williams is a great post presence or whatever, but they're going to have to find somebody else down low, or they're going to have to find somebody else that's not Al Horford that could stretch, um, stretch out there and hit hit shots, um, I mean, you know, behind the arc. Um, that that because man, there's just too many balls, too many uh, rebounds, too many. Grant Williams is not a down low player, you know. He's not, you know. There's just it's not there. They're missing that piece. Um, so who knows? Um, but if I do let one go, this person's question. Um, I think it's going to have to be Jalen Brown. I think he's he's widely considered the beta, you know. Um, he's widely considered the beta, and I think just pure talent wise, Tatum is a better is a better player. So a couple of things on that. Brown would absolutely be the one I would let go. Number one, number two, um, Jalen Brown and at for big stretches last year in their run to the finals, he played like he was the best player on the floor. And when mm -hmm. Tatum got hurt, they needed him to be that for them, and he was not. Mm -hmm. I think you have two guys who are really talented but are redundant, and I don't think you're going to be able to win with both of those guys. 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they keep them together. Also, the CBA makes it punitive for you to try to keep these types of teams together. So if yeah. you pay them, you're going to be stripping the rest of the roster to try to fit around them in order to win. Now Miami has the 18th, I think it was the 18th um, most expensive roster in the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder put more money into their roster than the Miami Heat. You know, and, and you that's at, why I think you're looking at possibly Eric Spolster's best coaching job of all time. If they win. And I know JC had this comment. I want to make sure I, I bring it back up. I feel like the Nuggets and Heat are evenly matched, but Jokic on his best day is able to make the most out of everyone, not just himself, Nuggets and six. And I think well, that, is a, that is a very when you when you that's a great point for that series, but also for the Celtics. They don't have a player who elevates and makes everyone better. To me, if, if I'm if I'm Coach Missoula, I'm telling Jason Tatum, we got to get you on a low block. We got to get wait, you on Missoula. You, wait, is he telling him like, is he coaching him or is he? In... No, he's not getting fired. He's you not getting fired. So? He made the Eastern Conference Finals his first year as a coach when he was thro- he wasn't even he didn't email Doka make them easy. How many years did he coach? But he was he was his first season in in Boston. But he was handpicked to be the coach before he starts sleeping with everybody. Like <laughs> he was picked to be the coach. No, right? They got Swan, bro. I'm just telling you, Quinn Snyder could take them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm, all I'm saying is, is this: I think they lost three coaches, including Missoula, right? Because Missoula went from bench coach to head coach. Mm-hmm. Damon Stoudemire and I forget uh, Will Hardy both left to become coaches at other places. They didn't replace them. Right. Missoula, the, the scandal breaks out. Missoula's promoted. That's three coaches, three bench coaches. Let me get in the camera that you lost and you did not replace. So he's got to get some more coaches in there. Number one. And number two, I think he can grow from this. He can grow from this. But I'm telling Jason Tatum, high post, my man, we're going to work from here. And I need you to work on your decision making to be able to find cutters and shooters. Right. I think they got to try to find someone, like you said, who can get in the post. And they can give the ball to and say, go to work. Yeah. Go to work. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like, I I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Shout out to JC. He said he wanted Let's to go, JC. In it, on an unassisted double play. Very nice. Very nice. But now, like, you know, I just think, I think they've got to make some changes in how they play basketball. And it can't just be, did, did we shoot 40% from three? If so, we won. If not, we lost. Like, it. it well, you would be- agree, though, it's a very tough position to be in. Um, almost making like so going from making the finals to then going to losing in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven. It's almost a tougher position to be in to make changes because you're like, yo, why make changes? Like we literally just played in the finals in the Eastern Conference, you know, game seven. Like if you're a team that doesn't make the playoffs, you're like, hey, we got to make changes. We're not making the playoffs. You know, like this is a this is something we can look at and say this is not working. But you have a team that just came from the finals and Eastern Conference Finals is like, yo, it was working. We just we just didn't, you know, we're missing this. And then finding this is a lot more difficult than finding this. Now, that could have been crazy. Yeah. If there's somebody, but yeah. We're not pausing nothing. So, <laughs> so the, uh, to me, that's the argument, again, uh, for keeping them, right? I think when you look at a team like the Heat, um, the Heat have pretty much kept the same roster. There's been, you know, P.J. Tucker's gone. But there's been little pieces here and there. But for the most part, it's been Kyle Lowry. It's been Bam. It's been Jimmy for most of this kind of this run that they've had since 2020 from getting to the 
the finals there, making the final, you know, the conference finals last year, back in the in the finals this year. There's something to be said. Duncan Robinson's been a part of that run. Max Struess gets added. Um, Gabe Vincent gets added. Caleb Martin Martin gets added. Right, you have kind of these ancillary pieces that get added to it, but that core stayed the same. That's your greatest argument for why you do not break it up, right? Because the argument is these guys are young. They're only going to get better. However, Oklahoma City at one point was also young and had loads of great talent come through there, and it yielded them nothing. Yeah. And my concern is is that, to me, Tatum and Brown have peaked. I think we are seeing – we're seeing the best of them unless they're going to make some changes to their game. And it can't just be three-pointer, contested fadeaway. There's got to be some way for them to get easier buckets and get to the basket. Well, we talked not working. We talked about it. I don't know if we talked about this podcast. We talked about it, but um, it's like, how much better can this team get? You know, sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, former defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. You know, all NBA first team, all NBA second team, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You know, like, I mean, how much better can you really, like, especially if you're going to have to put $600 million into these two guys? Like, what can you really put together, you know? And if this is the best you can get, then it comes down to Tatum and Brown literally expanding their game or figuring out a way to make the team better, you know, regardless of the, the people that are put around them. That to me, if they're if they're going to finally win the championship, that's going to be the next step. They've got to be able not only to get a shot for themselves, but to be able to get it a shot for somebody else, right? Basically, uh, shot creation, but basically be able to create something for others. Now I know people say, well, they don't have a true point guard, and I'm like, is Jamal Murray a true point guard? Because I don't think Jamal Murray is a true point guard. No, but Jokic is. Yeah, Jokic is probably. Yeah, yeah, but even then, though, right? Bruce Brown. When they Bruce Brown is not a point guard, but he is the de facto backup point guard for them. Yeah. You know, so again, like I don't really want to hear about that. You need a true point guard to make it happen. You know, you can you can make it work. You just have to have players who know their role that can make it happen. So back to the question, it's like, yo, the the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics to probably be two most prestigious. Mm -hmm. You'd rather be swept. You'd rather lose in seven. Like, would you rather be the Lakers this year? You rather be the Lakers this year, or you rather be the Celtics? I'd rather be the Lakers because at least again, the Lakers were competitive, right? And then there's like, okay, were they? They lost more straight games, but they were competitive. Those were competitive games. the The final game ended with LeBron getting stuffed, you know, trying to get trying to get a shot off at the buzzer, right? They were competitive in Game Four. They were competitive in Game Three. Jamal Murray went super saying blue. In game two, the Celtics were competitive, but they just and, and they won games. They were competitive oh. and they won. They were a Derek White tip in at the buzzer from collapsing for the second year in a row to the Heat, by the way, because they almost collapsed in game seven last year. And had Jimmy Butler put a little bit more power into his three point shot, likely would have lost that game, right? Like, just look at these series of events that had to happen just to get to game seven. Marcus Smart takes a three, normally, three pointers. When from distance, a shot from distance, the rebound is long. That shot went in and out and just caromed right into right there for him. And he had to inbound the ball, run to the wing, then sprint towards the man. Come on, like they should have played the lottery that night because that's how lucky they got. 
Question yes. to think about for next week. Okay. When Jokic wins his finals and becomes a finals MVP, after being a two-time MVP, where do you put him all-time on bigs, on the top bigs list? I mean, he's still – I mean, he uh, he's back there. He's not even past Moses Malone. He might, he might be past Moses Malone. I might put him ahead of Moses, but he's not ahead of Shaq. He's not ahead of Wilt. He's not ahead of – Kareem, he's not ahead of Elijah Wan. He's not ahead of Duncan. I'm not sure he's a, he's not ahead of uh, David Robinson. I don't. Um, who have I not named from? He I is the greatest Will, Nugget though of all time, right? Bill Russell. Man, I mean, and he's the greatest Nugget to wear the number 15 of all time. He's probably the most accomplished. I don't know if I want. I'm not ready to see greatest yet. He's you not putting him over Carmelo Anthony yet. <laughs> If he wins a chip, I might. I mean, this is gonna make some people angry. He's got to. He's probably got to be over Melo. We're talking about it next time. <laughs> All right, man. Yo, we appreciate y'all joining us tonight, man. Um, see, Sydney said he's not the greatest. I don't. I mean, we're talking not Dan the greatest Issel. nugget. Nah, he's yeah, the, the greatest, greatest nugget, nugget of all time. Are you putting him ahead of Dan Issel? I don't. I think Alex English. Yeah. Putting him over Matumbo. I'm putting him over uh, Carmelo. Oh. I'm talking about two MVPs. And a final ring. They never even made it to the finals. Yeah, this is gonna be the yeah. Nuggets' first ring ever. And more than likely, Jamal Murray could definitely take that in the finals MVP. I mean, we've seen what he's done. But when he does what he does, it's also because Jokic has a <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not yeah. like he took a game off. One of Jokic's greatest qualities is when a when a when a teammate gets on the heater, he looks to feed them the ball until until the heater's done. So, what, I mean, eight triple eight eight triple doubles in the final in a in the playoffs so far something like that. I mean, come on, man! <laughs> like, I, I think he passed Wilt for most triple doubles all time, uh, at least for a big man. I think in the playoffs, or maybe it might have been ever, regardless of position. But that's our show, man. We appreciate y'all rocking with us for all one hour and thirty minutes of this. We normally don't have a show this long, but here we are. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. You can check us out wherever you get the good podcast. You can search. Search It's a Black and White Thing or search Brains and Bars. You can also find us on YouTube by searching Brains and Bars and on our social media accounts. That's Facebook, that's IG, that's Twitter. I'm going to get to figure out how to point to the camera right. It's hilarious. Um, but you can check us out there by searching at Brains and Bars. Until next time, it's been a black and white. Thank you, man. We'll holler at y'all next week. Y'all be easy. Deuces, y'all.